Welcome into another episode of the Fast Break Podcast. I'm Bryson Wright, and I'm joined with Justin Klimmer and Grant Mitchell. And the first thing that we got to talk about, guys, is the Los Angeles Lakers funeral. Let's get out, let's get out the way. Let's, let's go ahead and get out the way. This is the last time we are going to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers on this podcast. They're officially out of the playoffs. <laughs> no more chance. Not even the playoffs. They're not even in the play-in. Yeah, that yeah. LeBron said the play-in shouldn't even have been a thing. I'm sorry. I'm about to unload the clip today because dude, it was th- that <laughs> April Fool's tweet was not an April Fool's tweet. He was serious. He 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 really he said, made, see I'll y'all see in the next fall. fall. He, he was he was dead serious. <laughs> nah, this is all I got to say. I had so many Lakers fans throughout the season talking about, oh, the Grizzlies, y'all are going to be first round exits. Can't all right, to play hey, the Grizzlies yeah, I can't wait to play the Grizzlies. All right, y'all are regular season <laughs> exits. <laughs> wow, literally, y'all. I mean, sixteen what sixteen games under five hundred now. Yeah. Oh, like it's disgusting, and the <laughs> fact that they were in the the playoff hunt for so long with a record that was so hideous. Oh my um, goodness! And it took LeBron James spraining his ankle to end it all. Just like that was that was it. Yeah. That was the moment right there. It's like they, you can't come back. Lakers fans were looking for any sign of hope, whether it was Stanley Johnson being their savior, then it was Wenyan Gabriel, and then maybe just maybe Kendrick Nunn would come back. And, and out of people who were unlikely stars, it wasn't even a Los Angeles Laker. That did the biggest thing recently. It was the Clippers with uh, God. I can't remember his name, but he dropped like fifty three points. It was um, Lord. What was his name? It was um, uh, not Terrence Mann. Oh, I can't, you, you Covington. Know yeah, Covington. Robert Covington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. did he hit like a, what, like eleven threes or uh, something? Oh, that was stupid? with the Bucks against the Bucks. Against no, he was Bucks. against okay. the Bucks. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. So that uh, I mean, how can you how can you just be so terrible? From top to bottom, I, th- I mean, just there's so many fundamental errors with the Lakers that we've talked about <coughs> over the course of this year's podcast that it's kind of mind numbing. You know, from Alex Caruso to what we're going to be getting to with Russ in a second to just, I mean, a- Anthony Davis, just God bless him. You know, I mean, those knees, street clothes, yeah, yeah, that's his uniform. And yeah. see, I, I do want to give him a little bit of credit for coming back and trying because yeah. they said that. Well, going back on it, they said that the injury he got in January could have ended his season, and then the last injury that he just got also probably should have ended his season. Yeah. He fought through it, came back. Obviously, it didn't work. No. But I will give him some credit for fighting and getting back on the court because I know that's not easy, especially when you're playing through pain like he was. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know what he – you got to do in the off season, but you got to figure this out. And there were reports saying that after the bubble championship and for the training camp of uh, last season, he came in out of shape and like Davis, you know, to, yeah, wow, to LeBron's dismay, of course. So that that could be why he's uh, been made of glass these past few years. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got to stay in shape. But I don't know. Do you guys have a favorite moment from the Lakers season? <laughs> for me. Well, I, I was actually listening to another podcast. I always listen to the Ringer NBA podcast. I guess we good podcast on there. Yeah. And it reminded me of something actually with your Washington Wizards. And it was when the Lakers played the Wizards and Frank Vogel went and hugged Contavious Caldwell oh. Pope. And he was like, and you could tell that he was like, we miss you so much, man. <laughs> like, crazy. oh, we need, and it's like, dude, this is, we're talking about KCP. Yep. Like, no, no offense to KCP, but that's not like a franchise changer. It's a 3 and D. But it was just yeah. like, even having a dude like KCP 
on his team. Like KCP probably for most of the year would have been like the third best player on that team. Yeah. Because Anthony Davis or LeBron missed most of the season. And it's one of those things where so just like all those little role players they had, like Caruso and KCP, and mm-hmm. as much as Lakers fans hated on Kuzma, he always played defense. He hustled. I mean, yeah, was some of his shots. Too. Yeah, he was always there. Some of his shots were ugly, obviously. Some of his outfits, pregame outfits were ugly. Yeah, exactly. He, is, he, is he a little corny sometimes? Yes. But when you were looking at, this season and you got like Carmelo who mm-hmm. can't guard a pole. He can't he <laughs> literally can't guard a, a pole like a light pole at this stage in his career. Now, he can still he he's going to be able to hit that turnaround mid-range jumper until he dies. His offense is really like, solid, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like we'll give him that, but n- nobody on that team they don't play defense. Not even LeBron plays defense. Mm-hmm. It's like LeBron tries to play defense and then Russell Westbrook throws it off his foot and then he's just like, I'm not even going back on defense this time. <laughs> yep. It's like, y'all got it. And it's all of that stuff is just, it's really insane when you think about it because how many people, even on our podcast, I think we all said the Lakers should should be in the top four. Top four, yeah. Or yeah. top four or five. I think I was like, I think I don't know if they'll be the one seed, yeah. but I think they'll be top four. Yeah. And then a lot of people were saying they're going to be the one seed. And then not only to not make the playoffs, to not even make the play-in game. 16, 17 games under five hundred. I have to ask you guys, is this the most disappointing team ever? Um, yep. I, I, I mean, I, for me, I kind of expected Russ to do this. Um, I didn't think the Lakers would be this bad. I thought they would, you know, still sneak into the top four because LeBron's LeBron. He works magic. Exactly. Um, like all those horrible Cavs teams he carried. Uh, but I mean, this was a travesty. I, I for me though, again, I just think I I don't I don't think it was it was a huge disappointment. But it's not the most disappointing team ever. I feel like there were some there were one or two Kobe teams that just flatlined so hard. It was just yeah. But I would say those were maybe did those, more disappointing. Did those, I guess I'm just gonna have to go back and look because I'm pretty sure that they make if they make the playoffs at least. Well, the that's Dwight, what I'm saying. The Dwight Howard team, yeah. But I mean, like after that, they I don't think they made it again. Oh yeah, that's true. So I think, but yeah. at the same time, they didn't have. There was nobody on the team up to the caliber of Anthony Davis but the around Kobe. No, yeah, yeah, I, the, I, and, and yeah. the injuries too. Yeah. I'll give you well, that. The, I thought it was going to work out, um, despite like I mean, I assumed LeBron was going to miss some time, AD was going to miss some time, but that's why I thought Westbrook would be a good fit because he'd still be there. I mean, uh, he's missing tonight, but I think it'll be yeah. his second game uh, not suiting up. So I, th- I thought he would make up for the lost time of. LeBron and AD and just keep them afloat like a top three seed in the West and they'll they they'd be able to load manage Braun and AD mm-hmm. and they'd be able, be full go for the playoffs that's why I thought it would work but yeah you know father time won this time well on on the bright side for Russ you know he's got a good construction company Westbrook going so uh, I mean building houses everywhere with all those bricks uh, oh, yeah. I think that was a thing that was the I don't want to pin everything on West and I think there's so many other things from an administration level that that really should be looked at. I think Palinka is more than on the hot seat right now. Oh, um, Palinka's on the hot seat. Yeah. Vogel, which I don't think this is on Vogel. It's not on Vogel. Now, yeah. Vogel definitely deserves, Vogel some blame. deserves some blame. Like yeah. he, he he and I he's going to get fired, deservedly so, I think, you yeah. know. 
they're going to put it more on him necessarily than it really was. A lot of it, I feel like, is on the front office. Yeah. Because they looked at him. He's a defensive guru. Mm -hmm. So they were like, oh, so if we get all these players that aren't really great at defense, Frank Vogel is just going to magically turn them. Like, he's going to magically turn Carmelo Anthony into a great (laughs) defender. Carmelo Anthony has never really been, like, a great defender. Yeah. Even when he was, like, in, in his prime. I mean, you know, you don't see people wearing two shooting sleeves and a headband and leg sleeves. <laughs> exactly, to be a good they're just there to get buckets. Yep, he's he's never been a good defender. So no. I don't know why you is like thirty seven years old. Oh, yeah. Frank Vogel's going to turn him into a defender. Yeah. Just, and that's the crazy thing. And it is still so wild to me. I'll always go back to this: that in the bubble, the Lakers literally they played the Rockets, yeah. and they literally their game plan was to just leave Westbrook open at the three point line, <laughs> and then they were like, you know what? Even though history tells me that in order to win with LeBron James, all we need is LeBron and shooters that yep. can play defense. Yep. If you have LeBron, yep. one one other. Let's say star player, maybe not even superstar player, but with Anthony Davis, yeah. you surround them with shooters and that can play defense. You're go- probably going to the finals I mean, almost that, every year. That's the 0607 Cavs when they had Larry Hughes shooting three and giving him way too much money than they should have. And then that's also the Cavs after Kyrie left. After Kyrie know? left, um, they but, still made it. Yeah, but but and to your point, Justin. That was a good idea for them to get someone who can, you know, with with LeBron being his age, with Anthony Davis having the injury history that he has, getting someone who can facilitate and run an offense and fill up a stat sheet like Russ can, I can see why that would be a valid idea. But with what Russ has given as an on-court product for the last, I would say, three years. For the money they're paying him, For too. the money they're paying him, yeah. For the money they're paying him. That's, ga- that, that's game-changing money. $45 million, and... I can't understand that because that's that's the cost of two mid tier overpriced players. Yeah, you, and he's one. Okay, like that's just it's insane. I'll I'll tell you something that's crazy. So Jaron Jackson Jr. This is just the first guy I can think of on the top of my head. Obviously, because I'm a Grizzlies guy. Next year he goes into his extension. His extension is five years, 105 million. <laughs> Why? How do they do that? Biggest deal yeah, ever. Exactly. They want chips. They want so, chips. He, his yeah. agent is not a clutch sports client. That's, that is, <laughs> that's just so. That's, that's great man. But that basically means that like he's he's going to be getting paid like two Jarens next season that's when he's insane. making forty eight yeah. million or forty seven million, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's just like that's insane. And you, you what did Jaren just do? Also, what did he just do? Oh, he just broke the Grizzlies block record. He did. Who was that led by? Who did he? Uh, Pau Gasol back oh, okay. in the day. Okay. Like young Pau Gasol, though. Wow. Yeah, but with the Lakers, I mean, you got three max guys, which, you know, that is the super team mold. So, so I mean, you're not going to have uh, very good supporting players. And when two yeah. of them are out most of the time and one of them uh, uh, loves to shoot it off the top of the backboard, it just, it just <laughs> not going to And then when Kendrick Nunn doesn't play any games. And, yeah. like, looking at it in hindsight – the problems were there from the start. I mean, yeah. we saw it from the first game, and everybody was like, they're going to figure it out. And then we were 20 games, and it was like, oh, they're going to figure it out. Dude, and then Anthony Davis got hurt. And then we were 35 games, and it's like, oh, they're going to figure it out eventually. Dude, I, I remember like every time they'd have a, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say big win, but just a win. They'd be like the Lakers <laughs> season start today on Twitter, especially oh. after uh, the Warriors game. I don't know if it's before or after the All Star break, but when LeBron had 50 and they beat the Warriors, yeah, well, yeah, that was like that was part of the highest high for, uh, for the uh, Lakers fans. And that was you were going back to what are our favorite moments from this Lakers season? That's just been dismal for me. It was that 56 game from LeBron. I mean, following. The the or was it a fifty point game two games later or the fifty six was two games after the fifty the fifty six was the second one yeah. I mean how do you do that at this age that's amazing but, yeah, it's insane but it is, is it was incredible. necessary because yeah. they were after yep. like the 10. and they, yeah they almost like they were fighting it was a close game too yeah. which is just insane was this the fifty against the Wizards or the the Warriors the Warriors the okay, Warriors yeah, game. yeah 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 but I mean it's just being able to watch LeBron do this at, at this age is amazing. You know, because we're not going to see a player do this again for a long, 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 long time. And also the if Dude, I don't know. Just wait like three years and we'll see KD do it, you know. But <sighs> no, I, I no, mean, I'm kid, it, I'm he kidding. just hit his career high, like what, 55? His career high and, was never. And his proficiency also is is amazing, too, because he's shooting. LeBron oh, was yeah. shooting 35.9 from the field. He was 36. His lifetime is 34 a game, 34 percent. Three uh, for three? Yeah. For three. And then field goal percentage, 52 percent this year. His <laughs> lifetime's 50. So this was this was just impressive play all around from LeBron. But I mean, like even even if there's the hey, you know, the load management, Russ is going to come in, and he's going to fill this role. Even if there's that conversation, it doesn't justify the forty five million dollars. Like you right. get a couple role players, you get some people, you fill the roster. Get out. Buddy healed. Oh, that would have been killer. Okay, no, we that can't. We can't talk about that. So we know that another part of this entire Lakers scenario. <sighs> Is they were going to get Buddy Healed and DeRozan, and they wanted Demar Derozan. That would have been a team that murdered, but for much cheaper, probably less than thirty million a year. Oh yeah, no. Well, I think he, the one that he signed with the Bulls wasn't near as what Russell Westbrook is getting paid for right now. But the Lakers wouldn't add a third year; they wanted to get him for two years. Mm. And DeMar DeRozan wanted a three-year or more deal, and I think the Bulls ended up giving him four years, and that's why he signed there. Yeah, yeah. He's so getting, he's getting paid about twenty-seven right now. It's good guaranteed first. money. Good oh guaranteed yeah, money definitely. Right oh yeah. no, and sh- Chicago is bet- much better positioned than the Lakers are. But you're telling me so <coughs> in order to get Buddy Hield, you don't have to give up as much as they gave up to get Westbrook because I don't. I, I'm trying to. I don't remember exactly what the terms of the deal were where it came out. Kuzma, THT. No, I don't. No, I think I don't think it was THT. I think it was Kuzma and KCP. In a in like a second. Yeah, and something like that. You don't. But it it wasn't as much. And then that was like the big thing. And then they were like, oh nope, they're getting Westbrook all of a sudden. And I just I just don't. They gave away. They gave away a decent amount. They gave away uh, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, Montrezl Harrell and the number twenty-two pick. That was to get Westbrook, right? That was to get Wes. That was to get Wes. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, obviously looking at the way Demar Derozan has played this season, nobody as could well, have known, though. Nobody, yeah, like DeMar you couldn't have known that. at at the time that he was going to step it up True. this much. Yeah, but given how he's played. You gotta think that that team would have been much better. No, much better, especially Rosen. More flexible for like yeah. salary purposes. Because because LeBron has been able to stretch the floor so much more this season than before with the three point shot. You put Demar Derozan in there, who's also developed a three pointer in the last you know couple seasons. Um, and I mean that that's a dangerous team for shooting. Um, even even without thinking what he's going to do this year. I mean they just I. And then Buddy Heald, that would have been a knockout. He, oh, my gosh. He, he's quietly been one of the best shooters in the league at a high volume. Yeah. 
shooting around 40 on like more like eight, nine attempts a game, which is like unheard of, to be honest. Yeah. But when you are on the Kings and then on the Pacers, people True. don't see it because it's not good teams. It's just just how it is. That's how this is, that's how our society works. If you're not on a good team, not you're not going to know about it. Yeah. But last thing about the Lakers, because we do have to talk about where can they go from here? Further down. (laughs) I heard there's been some rumors today that the Charlotte Hornets are interested in Russell Westbrook. Don't know why. (laughs) I was like, why? We're not here to explain why. We're just going to explain how they do it. Yeah. Because Gordon Hayward's about a $30 salary for like a year or two. So that's not as bad as Westbrook's contract, but they want to get rid of that. Yeah. No, you do want to get rid of that. And Russ is just one year. So I guess what they're thinking is – We'll swallow the contract for a year, you yeah. know. And then they'll extend the mellow in a year or two. Yeah, and they'll add everybody else in free agency that they want to. But, I mean, with this, I was joking around with you guys in the group text, but this is classic MJ general managing right here. He's been oh, making so many good decisions yeah. lately. Um you know, no. drafting of Lamelo and everything. No way he's going to help LeBron out. But uh, oh no, he's not going to help LeBron. This was this is what I think. So you know how Michael Jordan is, Kwame Brown. That's no, no he's he, he's probably he's 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 in there. You know what? He's like, you know what? LeBron can win with Westbrook. Give me Westbrook. Oh, I'll win with Westbrook. Come on, come on. Come on I'll Preston. win with Westbrook. I think it's just ineptitude. <laughs> like he makes some bad, bad, bad decisions. Like drafting Michael Kidd Gilchrist with that weird shot, that wacky shot. George Gervin doing some abstract <laughs> stuff. Shot. I hey, mean, but I, like like you said, he's been making better moves lately. Been, lately, he but he's due to for he's due for a correction. He's just like the, it's like the housing bubble. He's due for a correction. Yeah, you're not firing MJ <laughs> no. though, but it is funny. No. They yeah. call him the GM all the time. Well, Jordan literally has kind of has that job, like, and he's not doing it very well. Yeah, so. and he owns a team, so he can do it as much as he wants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's 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 interesting. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Jordan has some say in it. I guess the actual, obviously the actual GM too is also going to be. Involved in it, but I feel like you got to go to. If I'm the GM of the Hornets, I'm going to Jordan. Yeah, I'm going to Jordan for sure and ask him some questions at least. But knowing Jordan, he's probably just like, dude, I don't have time for this. He just wants that club VIP seat. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like they could make it work though. Like out of any team, I'm just saying for the one year, for the amount of money, I'm not saying they're going to do some championship run or revitalize the career of Russell Westbrook. Westbrook, Um, but you do you do a weird kind of small ball lineup. And you plug Russ into a, a three spot, maybe do something, mm. do something weird. Something uh, maybe weird. nah, he, he would can, have to be the two. He can get, he can get boards. He can get, but boards. he's not going to be able to guard. No, I, I small forward. That's swi- the only thing. You switch up on defense a little bit, though. You have someone yeah. taller than a guard, shooting guard, and then you switch up on defense. But I just think Russ can, I don't know, on a weird small ball lineup, getting 25, 30 minutes a game, <sighs> could do some interesting things. Don't put the ball in his hands because it's Lamelo. Lamelo's an artist with that that's, thing. See, and that's that's the big thing. Yeah, is that I don't want Russell Westbrook to. I don't want to say stunt Lamelo's development because it's gonna I don't ruin think, him. Yeah, like because I, I don't think no matter what Russell Westbrook does, Lamelo Ball is going to be a great player. Yeah, if Russell Westbrook is on the team or not, even I think he would could even be a pretty solid mentor for him. You know what I mean? If he could, sw- yeah, swallow his ego, which I think he could do. Yeah, no, but it's one of those things where on the court, when it comes down to the end of the game, oh, Russell Westbrook wants the ball. The ball should be in Lamelo Ball's hand. Like it should be Lamelo's. Yeah, like this is is Lamelo's team. And I think if they did decide to bring in Russell Westbrook, which this is like extreme. Like these rumors just came out today. Yeah, the season hasn't even ended yet. <laughs> Who knows? What if for most teams? Yeah, for most. Teams. Well, yeah, for most teams. <laughs> which is yeah, for most twenty teams are still in. Yeah. It. 
So there, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, no, there's absolutely a lot going on. And uh, I feel for Russ, but um, I just, I mean, Dude. this has been a horrible year for him. This has been this has been the worst it could possibly be. This um, is the, yeah, this is the worst case scenario. Yeah. Like if, if yeah. you were like a Russell Westbrook fan. Oh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot of them. <laughs> I'm telling you, I remember there used to be a lot of Russell Westbrook stand accounts on Twitter. Dude, I, They're I going down. There's just not as many. I even have a Russell Westbrook uh, Thunder uh, shirt jersey, but he might, he's going on. I thought you were going to tell me you had a Russell Westbrook Twitter account. I was about to be like, oh, my uh, God. I, just, I got one Twitter account. It's just me. But uh, <laughs> he's heading towards that Ish Smith career arc, you know. 10 years, 12 teams type of thing. Just a, that, the, oh fa- the fast guy, pace of place, pace of... Okay, yeah, I know what you're saying, but we can't... That, I, of I, course, that's extreme. <laughs> that's extreme. Ish Smith, that's, that's, I'm sorry, Ish Smith is the first player to come to mind. That's, that's extreme, just because... Uh, this is what I will say. The last thing that I want to say about the Lakers and Russell Westbrook kind of before we move on is... I don't want this to be the lasting image of Russell Westbrook. No. Because that would be, it would be so sad. Oh, my God. Because if, when you remember, especially after KD left. Oh, he was scary. Dude, dude was Everybody incredible. was Westbrook, too. It was like the feel-good yes. story. Yeah. Because it was like, KD left, KD said that you can't win, which, I mean, I guess he never actually won a championship. But it was like, dude was just going out every night, and it was like 30 13 and 10. Yep. Dude, that 20, 20, <laughs> 20, 20, 20, 20 that and 20. Insane. And then, like, he ended the season with a 51 point triple double. Oh, yeah. And on a buzzer beater, on a buzzer beater three. three and it was like, yeah. dude, like, <laughs> dude, that was a perfect type of season. I, I want people to remember Thunder Russell Westbrook. That's I, what I want people to remember. <laughs> you remember. He was playing with, like, Oladipo, who wasn't good back then. He was just, like, an athletic guy who couldn't really shoot, but he could jump out of the gym. And then, like, they were playing with – remember Samaj Christian? Yeah. That oh dude was God. so bad. He was playing with bums. Well, Andre Robertson. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Andre great, Robertson great, before he messed up his right shoulder. I think it might have been a knee. Something. Been a knee, but he hasn't played since that injury because he had negative offense before. And then that yeah. injury is just like, I mean, he can't play defense anymore either. So he hasn't played since 2016-17 season, I think. Jeez, and that's really wild to think about because he was a he was a solid player. He was a good, like you said, he was a good defender. Back then, wasn't you could good offense. Of, you could get away with yeah, it. Yeah, you can hide a non-shooter yeah. back then. Back you, then you, you re- it's really hard to do that now. Yeah, Bruce Brown, they they do it with Bruce Brown sometimes. Yeah, but Bruce Brown can hit a three. True. Yeah. Sometimes True. I saw he was playing the five last night against the Knicks. Dude, they had a cool lineup. It was like Curry, um, Mills, Kyrie, KD, and then. Bruce Brown at the five. It was wow. yeah, it was that's funny. like yeah, it's insane. And I I really don't know about the Nets too, which that's that kind of does go into the next thing we were going to talk about, which is the play-in tournament, which the play-in tournament will be starting next week. We don't know exactly what the matchups are going to be yet, just because there's going to be a little, there might be a little bit of shuffling in the east, uh, yeah. in the east, in the uh, west. It's most likely going to be Minnesota versus the Clippers. Yeah, the teams are set, but the home matchups might. Be. Yeah, and then it's going to be San Antonio versus New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Don't know who's going to have home court yet necessarily because there's still two games left, and Those there's are only games. games. Those are Dude, really good games. I don't know. So I want to start with the Western Conference, though. We'll get into back into the Nets in a little bit yeah. just because we already know for a fact the matchups most likely. I don't know. There could be something weird where if Denver loses their last two and Minnesota wins their last two, Minnesota actually 
could end up getting the sixth seed and getting out of the play-in. But Denver's last game is against the Lakers, and the Lakers are resting Russ, AD, and LeBron. So I am going to go ahead and give Minnesota the seventh seed and Denver the sixth seed for this scenario because I don't see the Lake, especially when it's the if the Nuggets are in a must-win game to stay out of the Mm play-in, and they're playing against the Lakers without Russ, LeBron, and AD. I don't see any way that that Lakers team which already in itself wasn't very successful. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll just go ahead and let's start with the seven-eight game. We're gonna have Minnesota versus the Clippers. What are you guys thinking about that? LA's hot. They're, they are the hot team they're, in L.A. right now. Paul George is back. Norm Powell came back last night. He had like 17 at the half or something I saw. So And then Robert Coverton had that 43-point yeah. 43 game. So And Ty Lue, really good, really good playoff coach apparently now you know, he's become. But Bryson, what do you, what do you think? Uh, Memphis is a two-seed. They're probably going to play this, um, the winner of this game. Yeah, they will play. play the winner of this game. So I think Minnesota is going to win. Yeah. I think Man, I, yep. I think D'Lo. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I, I think I th- no. I think it's going to be a close game, especially yeah. now that Paul George <laughs> is back. I was not expecting Paul George to come back at at all. Like yeah. honestly, I wasn't expecting him to come back. But I still think that having D'Lo, Cat, and Anthony Edwards mm-hmm. is just going to be a little bit too much on the offensive end, and then defensively, Patrick Beverly. As <laughs> much as as much as I don't. Oh, you, you don't like him personally, really. You don't want him to go up against John. You, yeah, you, yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't want to play against him. He's gotten that their defensive intens- intensity. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, really good defender too. Yep. So that they've had, they have a really good team. They've got some nice guys off the bench as well. So, well, I, I'm going with Minnesota. Yeah, I like the Clippers. I like Terrence Mann. I like Norman Powell. Norman Powell is a certified grizzly killer. <laughs> I like uh, Nick Batum from the corner. I swear, he that's never true. misses a shot from the. So corner. I, I I like that Clippers team. I just feel like I feel like the Timberwolves have too much firepower. Yes, and since Carl Anthony Towns has never made it to the playoffs, they're going to be at home. Yep. The Timberwolves fans haven't had anything to cheer for in years. Yes. Like actually, I think that they're if especially since they're going to be playing at home most likely, it is going to be packed. Yeah. Well, Target center. Well, also you got to consider too that um, there's just been a different swagger on this team this year. You know, like yeah. they they start of the year wasn't great for them, but I mean they flipped a switch and they just took off second half of the season. Even going into the All Star break, they were starting to get cooking. And uh, Patrick Beverly on that team, I mean that's the one that I also do not like uh, personally. <laughs> um, but he's instilled an intensity and an edge on this team, yeah. like Carl uh, Anthony Towns on the court. Is he's got a little bit more. He's got a little bit more snap when he's out there he'll than talk he used to. to. He'll talk yeah. to anybody. No. And and I think I think Minnesota. I look. I like the Clippers a lot. I think Clippers uh, are still going to make the playoffs, but they're going to make it to the eighth seed. They're going to beat whoever the winner of the New Orleans Pelicans San Antonio Spurs game is. But I don't think they're going to beat Minnesota. I think Minnesota is going to be going up against Memphis, and it's going to be a really really good matchup. Like that's 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 a series I want to watch. I think Minnesota loses ultimately. Um, but that's going to be a really good series. For picking one, I'm going to go with the Clippers because the experience. Okay, no, I, I like that. I mean, like I said, I think it could go either way. I'm going to – maybe it's just because I like Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, yeah, they, they have more talent for sure. Yeah, so I, I don't know. And then – but Paul George can win you one game, yeah. I think. Should be so a great it, it's going to be interesting. The other game, I think this game is actually – 
I, I don't even know what to think about this game, honestly. The Pelicans and the Spurs. Pelicans I mean, have to win. <clears throat> Winners playing win. the Suns. Winners going to get swept by the Suns. <laughs> I mean, game. actually, they might they might play the Suns because they would have to win another game. Yeah, there's a part oh. two to that. They would have to play the uh, loser of the Clippers and Timberwolves. So I'm not going to lie. I don't think New Orleans is going to make it in it. Or San Antonio is going to make it in the yep. long run. I think New Orleans would have a slightly better chance Agreed. just because they've been playing better lately. Yeah, but I don't know. I think I think I'm gonna have to pick New Orleans in this game. Yeah, uh, they CJ McCollum, uh, Brandon Ingram, those two guys have been playing really well. Uh, I really like Herb Jones. Yeah, their rookie. He's been playing great, great defender. And that Murphy dude. Uh, yeah, Trey Murphy and uh, Jose Alvarado, oh, the, the freaking silent, sneaky, yeah. yeah, the sneakiest man in the NBA. Dude, I'm sorry. I don't care what happens in this play-in game as long as we see, like, uh, as long as Alvarado just comes out of nowhere and it, steals the ball from, like, DeJounte Murray. Where did he come from, too? Like, I feel like... He can't... No, he, okay, so he actually... He went to Georgia Tech. Okay. And he was... I think he was either a second-round pick or, like, undrafted, and then... Early in the season, the Pelicans were so bad. Uh, they, I think they like brought him up. I don't know. I think he's playing in a G League, and they brought him up during all the COVID stuff. Yeah, and then he just played well, and they were like, "Oh well, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's pretty good. Come on." Yeah, and then he's he's been he's been great for them. And I, I don't know. I just love. I love the sneaky backcourt steal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've never seen that. <laughs> I've never seen anybody. Things, it's like he stands in the corner, like near the bench, he's, and he waits for them to run. And then he's like, yeah. it's like swipe or no swiping. Like, <laughs> get away. It's like those like stealth video games, too. He's like crouched and everything, not making uh, much as uh, little noise as possible. And just uh, sp- Spider Man. <laughs> like Spider Man. Yeah. Games. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I always think. I always think whenever somebody is stealthy, but it's like you're not really that stealthy, I think about like the Spider man video games assassin's creed too <laughs> okay yeah. assassin i think assassin's creed gets it i mean yeah there's some, of the some games are it's a little yeah yeah. <laughs> you, yeah ubisoft they got a little glitchy there it's, in the end it's got but. me thinking uh chris move uh is one of his many taglines stealthy is healthy that's true yeah. I, I think yeah jose alvarado definitely has I, that well, out of this out of this group of playing teams um which one do you all see has the biggest upside going on next year for me I'm just going to get out of, out in front and say I think it's the Pelicans. I think if they can get Zion's head on right and he stays healthy for the year, I mean, this roster, even without him, is way too talented to be as garbage as they are this season. I mean, they're making the play-in game, but they're they're 35 and 44. It's horrific, and they just they have so much talent on this team. I think next season you figure things out a little bit more with the roster that you've got. And again, Zion plays some games. You know, let's say 45, 50. Uh, this is a team that I think could improve leaps and bounds and make it to the second round of the playoffs next year. Yeah, CJ McCollum continues to be one of the most underrated players in the league. And then for sure. Brandon Ingram's kind of following that mold too. But for next year, I, I, it's hard to pick any other team than the Clippers. Talking about uh, if yeah, if Kawhi's coming back too, I'm I, I have high hopes. For the New Orleans Pelicans, maybe it's because I got NBA 2K22, and every sim, they're just freaky. Um, but you know what? They do have a great roster. I love them at the start of the year, and I thought, like, there's a team that's going to maybe the sneak problem, into playoffs. The problem with the Pelicans, this is... They're cursed. No, I don't know if they're cursed, <laughs> but I'll say this year. They started the season 1-12. and 12. Yeah, it was horrible. Oh, okay. It was awful. So it was awful. when you look at it from the fact that they started the season 1-12, and 12, uh, I, just, I think the Pelicans are just... They're a horribly, like, no matter how talented the roster is, their management will never, ever, 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 ever get it right. And that's from that's from GMs, owners, coaches, ever. Yeah, it's a football state, football city. 
But yeah, no, so what? They're like 34 and 32 <laughs> it, since the first 13 games also, of the season. If they want to be successful, they're going to have to change their arena name. Nobody, nobody's scared of the Smoothie King Arena. <laughs> I, okay, that's kind, that's kind of a good point. I can't, I can't even lie. Hey, crypto, crypto uh, dot com uh, arena. That's the, sta- like, it's the Staples like Center. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm an old head now. That's the, I'm gonna I mean, call that. I'm gonna call it the Staples Center forever. The crypto just it does not roll like the Staples Center. It's smooth. It's good. It's right. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, like you got this. Uh, you know, you got performers headlining at Staples. You know, nobody's going to the, the Crip or whatever they're going to call it. That's what Westbrook called it for a second. The Crip, I mean, the Crip could catch on. That actually sounds a little, that sounds cooler than, uh, that sounds cooler than Crypto Center. Crypto. I mean, come on. Com, yeah. Crypto.com. You could put the dot com in there. Like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Oh, God. Nothing's beating the grindhouse, though. No. But, I mean, look, I think I think the Clippers are a very, very well-coached team. And obviously, Kawhi and Paul George, that's scary next year. Um, but I just, I'm just giving, I'm giving the Pelicans a slight edge. I'm not saying they're gonna have a better record, but I just think like out of the group, who has the most like raw talent and can just like slam dunk, be scary, do something crazy. I think it's the Pelicans. But with LA, you guys are making great points. Like, I mean, that's just great coaching from uh, Ty Lue, keeping them in the loop this season, which was incredible given all the injuries they had. But I just, uh, I want the Pelicans. I feel I like it. you, I feel like you want me to ask you this question next year. You got the Pelicans or the the Jazz being more successful? <sighs> You knew my joke all year long. I can't. I don't like the Jazz for some <laughs> random reason. But look, I think I think the Pelicans could do better than the Jazz, considering that the Jazz gave up draft capital and also some salary stuff for uh, getting Mike Conley, which he's a good contributor to the team. Um, but I do think they could fall off next year. I'm not going to say that they're going to. Um, but in all seriousness, there there is an opportunity for there to just be I don't know some some regression in their record. Yeah, and not even regression. I th- I don't know if. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert That's are both going to be on the Jazz next year. They don't either. like each other, plain and simple. Well, I mean, no, you, you, I, I, no th- this was the crazy stat that I saw is that Donovan Mitchell passes the ball to Rudy Gobert like two and a half times a game or something. <laughs> and he has more turnovers. And he has more turnovers. Wow. So he passes the ball to the other team more than he passes the ball to Rudy Gobert. Uh, well, I mean, I you can't trade Donovan Mitchell. You can't trade him. Like that's a franchise guy. Okay, and so it, like I said, I said, but one of them. No, I know, but there's just trade Gobert. Yeah, trade Gobert. Yeah, I trade mean, Gobert. we'll 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 see what happens. I don't know, but I do kind of want to get into the Eastern Conference playing games too, uh, just while we're talking about playing because I I don't know the Eastern Conference is weird. Cleveland is going to be in the playing, which I I really hate it for him. Because yeah, they man. were playing really well, got derailed by injuries. It started with yeah. Rubio all the way early in the season, mm-hmm. and then yeah, it's like Rubio he, was good too. He had yeah, no, he, on the Knicks. Like, yeah. no, was like, he, he was he was playing good. People are, and since it was so early in the season, a lot of people forget about that too. Sexton and too. then uh, yeah, Sexton oh, was my, hurt. Yeah, like Sexton got hurt like the first week of the yep. season, I think. Yep. So those both of those guys were huge, and then uh, Jared Allen. Evan Mobley, all of those guys getting injured later in the season. It really yeah. just derailed their chances because the East was just so compact mm-hmm. that losing four or five games, a couple guys sprained their ankles. Like they don't even have like a bunch of horrible injuries. Yeah. It wasn't even out for the season stuff. I think I think Mobley and Jared Allen are going to be able to It'll play be, in I the play in. Yeah. So, but the thing is, you lose a couple games in the East this year, all of a sudden you're. From the three or four seed yep. to the seven. Yep. And, and the looking Raptors. at this, they're going to end up playing 
Atlanta or Brooklyn. Mm. <coughs> I'm 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 not picking Cleveland over Brooklyn Can't. in in a one in a one game scenario. Yeah, that's true. With Kate with Kevin Durant. You're right. You're right. Even you, if it is on the road. I think they still make the playoffs though. I think I think the Cavs win against um and again, I know it's variable as to whether it's gonna be the Hawks or the Nets they play in that first game, but I think they're gonna win against whoever they play in their second matchup. It's gonna be close. It's, it's gonna be close. A, it's not a giving the Hawks and but the Hornets can heat up. They can, but I just I think the Cavs have got a lot of grit because this is a, another team that, you know, sort of the little engine that could nobody believed in them. Right. And then this season they just showed up with an unconventional, wacky lineup and uh, they've got a lot of grit. We've got a lot of grit, a lot, a lot of, of fight, a in lot them. of youth. Mm-hmm, absolutely, I, and this will be a team that'll be fun to watch <laughs> in the years to come. I hope they hold together. And I think Darius Garland. I mean, oh my gosh, yeah, oh my gosh, that's an elite guard. That is an elite guard. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be great to see the Hornets in the postseason too. That's going or plan. It's going to be great to see them in the plan. But uh, I would love to see the matchup as it is now with the seven and eight being Cleveland versus Brooklyn, and then Atlanta versus Charlotte because. I mean, who doesn't want to see Trey Young go up against Lamelo Ball in a in yeah. a win or go home situation? I mean, and <laughs> the other thing, just looking at it right now, like like we said, there could be some stuff that changes. But if Boston stays as the two seed and Brooklyn wins that playing game, and Kyrie has to play Ooh. against Boston in the playoffs. Would that not just be perfect? That would be perfect. That would be so perfect. So I really hope that Adam Silver is getting his, I don't know, he needs to manipulate the schedule a little bit because we need to see either Celtics and Nets or 76ers and Nets in the first round. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I think if the, the Sixers can win and maybe get up to the two seed, I, I don't care. I, I need to see either the Celtics and the Nets or the 76ers and the Nets. But obviously I, I, I think the Nets are the best team out of – the four playing teams. Yeah. But it's really just because they have Katie and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think they would beat Boston in a seven game series. No, no. Just, they don't have no. defense. They don't like, and then even today, the Nets wave James Johnson, mm-hmm. who James Johnson at this age isn't good. But he was, he, they, he was, was playing like, dude, yeah, they, they <laughs> he was playing like solid minutes. Yeah. And it's one of those things like nobody on their team has defenders that are, that scare you in the playoffs. And I think yeah. that's their problem, which is like KD and Kyrie, uh, KD can go to go for 40 or 50. Kyrie can go for 40 or 50. We've seen it multiple times. Mm-hmm. I'll go back. I think, uh, they played the Hawks when KD had 55. Yeah. Kyrie had I think 33 mm-hmm. if if you do see that on any other team if you have one dude that has 50 and one dude that has 30 you're winning yeah. almost every time like that's not even a question but they just don't play defense it doesn't yeah. matter how many points they score if you're giving up the same amount on the other end meanwhile Boston has the best defense in the league exactly so that's gonna and be three players in yep. the defensive player of the year ladder which is top five it's incredible it's incredible. I mean, the Boston Celtics, they're just, I mean, Jason Tatum this year, he just stepped out there and he said, I want that all NBA. I want that. I want that high tier and all NBA recognition. And he's, he's going to get it. He's going to be it. all NBA. He'll year. be, and he'll be, I think probably second team. Yeah. But he'll be, he'll be all NBA. Who would be first team over? Uh, Giannis and, and KD. Okay. Oh, I don't know. If, no. I don't know. But well, it's going to be weird this year. 
they kind of changed the rules so yeah. that you can vote for Embiid and Jokic as oh, either yeah. a forward or a center. Wow. Okay. Because well, because you got to think about weird. it. They're two of the three best players in the league, so they want to give them True. both a chance to be I first guess, team. Yeah. So if they're both in, I don't know if they're going to just because the voting is going to be weird. Yeah. And there's like I don't know. First of all, all NBA voting they need to change it because like the position caps and all that is weird. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like if some people vote for Embiid at center and uh, Jokic at forward, and then some people vote for Jokic at forward and Embiid at center, but somebody else that is only voted at forward mm-hmm. might go above them because it's about how many votes you get at a certain position, yeah. not how many votes you get overall. So that's why I'm not really sure how it's going to work. I do think Jokic and Embiid are both going to end up on the first team. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be Giannis. Giannis is a lock for forward. And then with the guards, Luca, Luca, probably Devin Booker. Okay. Booker missed a few games, but I can see that. I mean, I mean, uh, Number one seed overall by yeah. a landslide. Yeah, and then I, I don't know about CP three. CP three would have probably thirteen. He no. might be thirteen. I, he not, he, too many he, games. not first. Oh yeah, I he's not going to be first team. team. I don't know. I, I don't think he makes All NBA at all. I think he's missed too many games. Yeah, but did he? Maybe I don't know. But the weird thing I'd about Garland, this year, I'd give Garland over to him. Ooh, that's that's tight. No, the the weird thing about this year though is that everybody has missed games. That's true. Which is why it makes it harder. Because everybody has missed some amount of games, whether it's COVID, whether it's a small injury. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, a couple weeks ago, I would have said, oh, John Moran is locked for first team All NBA. Yeah, he but was. Yeah. Now that he's missed these, now he's missed 23 games yeah. of the season, mm-hmm. I still think he'll be second team. Yeah. But a couple weeks ago, he was a lock for first team. So it's really weird. It's, it's weird how quickly that can change. Just because games played matters. Yeah. Just overall. And Devin Booker has kind of out of nowhere got catapulted into the MVP conversation, which is just crazy. <laughs> out of nowhere. Like the whole year they were like, yeah, oh, we it got, was out of nowhere. Yeah, like, it was like the, the whole year it was like, oh, it's Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. And then it was like, oh, uh, then we have DeMar and Ja, but they're all in a different tier. And they would put and Chris then, Paul in there before Booker. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, with like two weeks to go, Devin Booker got put into, which I don't think is a horrible thing. No. But it's it's just kind of weird because we know he's not going to win it. Yeah. It's it's between Embiid and Jokic and Giannis. Those are the three guys that I think are going to get the most first place votes, which we can kind of go into our award yeah. picks if y'all want to. Okay. Yeah. We can just go ahead and start. Uh, Let's see. Let's start with rookie of the year. Okay. Rookie of the Year is a good one to start with. We'll save MVP for last. My Rookie of the Year, I'm going with Scotty Barnes. He's definitely, when we look at the other guys, Cade, uh, Mobley, and, I mean, other than that, there's, like, outside It's, outside it's Cade, yeah, it's Cade Mobley, and Scotty he's Barnes. Been, he's been the most available and uh, highest seed compared to all of them. So, yeah, yeah Scotty Barnes, man, I got to think about this one. No, the races this year, all the races this year are really tough. All right, but I will say, like, Scotty Barnes has been averaging 15 points per game. Uh, He's been averaging almost eight rebounds, right, almost four assists. He's been playing really good defense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really has been – I don't know if I would say he's the anchor of the defense, but it feels like he is 
from the games that I've watched for the Raptors. He he he's been he I I really like the way he's played. And I think I know Cade missed part of the early part of the season. So I think that kind of put him at I, I don't want to say that he can't win it now, Instead but he started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he started behind, and when he did start playing, it was really bad for like a yeah. good month. But now, yeah, because when the other rookies had already had a month yeah. to get NBA basketball in, yeah, Cade was coming off of an injury and had never played NBA basketball before. Yeah, came in, started off slow. Now he's came <clears throat> on at the end. But Big just time. because of how great Mobley was to start, and even Scotty Barnes to start was really yeah. good. Because I I had him on my fantasy team, <laughs> and I was just like I Stuff picked him statue. up. I picked him up later, like in a later round. I was like, oh, let's see how he does. Yeah. And then like halfway through the season, I was like, dude, he's like my third best player yeah. on my fantasy. Yeah, I mean, team. that's that's the perfect Raptors player. Just uh, good. He's tall, long arms, and can do everything. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm going to be going with my feels for these awards. I still I still want Evan Mobley to win Rookie of the Year. He's got 60, 67 games under his belt. His defense was really good, averaging 14, uh, 14.9 a game, which isn't too bad either, and then uh, 8.3 rebounds per game. I mean, this was in 1.6 blocks per game. Like, come on. That's big. I mean, he's just... I really liked Evan Mobley, and I think him being out there obviously changes the dynamic of the Cavaliers and was a huge galvanizing force for why they were so good, um, along with all the other you know big guys he had in their lineup and just odd oddball players. But I just I think Evan Mobley for me is Rookie of the Year. I think Barnes I would completely understood. I would completely understand if he won because, like you've said, Bryson uh, he's had a great game uh, for pretty much every bit of the season. Um, but I just I really want Mobley to get it. I really want Mobley to get it. I'm going to go with Mobley, too. I, I was saying in the beginning um, Barnes is much more available than the other two, and, and he has been much more available than Cade. But Mobley, you said 67 games. Uh, Barnes has played 71, and similar stats. I think Bar- yeah. uh, Mobley has slightly more impact because yeah. – on, de- on the defensive end, yeah. yeah. Offensively pretty good, too. Yeah. Pretty no, like too. offensive yeah. – I would say offensively they're very similar yeah. in terms of their impact. Yeah. Uh Scotty Barnes gives you more as a facilitator, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. But he's also not a guy I, I don't think he's ever gonna be a guy who's averaging like eight, nine assists a game or anything. Yeah. But he gives you more than Evan Mobley does on offense. But Evan Mobley has had one of the best defensive seasons from a rookie we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like I think a lot of people are comparing it to the only person they've seen to have this much defensive impact as a rookie is like Tim Duncan. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. that's like I, I can't I'm not saying that he can't win rookie of the year. I really think it should either go to Mobley or Scotty Barnes. Yeah, that, I'm, yeah. I'm going with Scotty Barnes. I think Cade Cunningham is the third guy, but he's gonna be the odd man out. Yeah. And another thing with Mobley is um he's he's arguably the second best player on the team. It's like him or Allen. And then with Barnes, uh, his team is uh the Raptors have a much better roster in my opinion than the, the Cavs. And their expectations were Man, I, now I think about it, they, did, they didn't have very high expectations. But the Cavs w- were a much bigger surprise than the Raptors. So just yeah. going yeah. off story. Um, Nick Nurse is I'm a clutch coach, though, because the, the Raptors were in the playing game for a good little bit there, and then they just launched the yeah. last bit of the season. Like That, that was yeah. an impressive, impressive turn Man, from they the got Raptors. A, they got a lot of good players in the Raptors. So the next award I want to go to, well, I, I'm just going to mention sixth man of the year. It's Tyler Hero. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I, we don't really, there's not really a debate. No discussion. About it. No. <laughs> Needed. It's Tyler Hero. Dude's averaging over 20 points off the bench all on the number one team in the East. Yeah. Who, who's second in that race? It's like there's Kevin, Lo- Kevin Love? 
Like maybe there's nobody. I can't. I, he, I don't know. He's had it yeah. locked up since yeah. the beginning of the season. Yeah. Because it was like at the beginning of the season, everybody was like, oh, Steph is going to be MVP. Tyler Hero is going to win six man. And then as all the other award races have shifted, yep. it has been, it's Tyler Hero. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Tyler Hero yeah. is my six man of the year. I think he's basically everyone. Yeah, you're speaking yeah, six man. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, there's not really anybody else that I think, there's not really a discussion. So I want to go ahead and move on to most improved player. I've picked the same most improved player the entire season. Who is it? It's I'm not a Grizzly. I'm is still going to pick Desmond Bain oh, wow. as the most improved player I'm on shook. the season. I'm sure. Because he, like I have said, he has doubled his scoring output from last season. He has changed the way he plays. He went from a straight-up spot-up shooter to becoming uh, a guy who can handle the ball a little bit more, drive to the basket a little bit more, score off the dribble a little bit more than he ever did last year, and just everything is better. He broke the Grizzlies record for threes in the season. And he's not jaw-dependent. because Yeah, like even when jaw is out, he, go, he plays just as good, if not better. So it's it's one of those it's one of those things. I know that Grant is probably going to say Miles Bridges. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I <laughs> because am. we have had this same argument every time we've done an award discussion yep. on this podcast. But I'm still going to go with Desmond Bain. Even I don't care if it's just because it's my heart. I'm going with Desmond Bain, he, most improved player. Give it to him. I mean, Miles Bridges, if you're talking about the point differential from last year to this year, Miles Bridges went from 12.7 to 20.4, and Desmond Bain uh, went from 9.2 to 18.3. So it's a negligible difference in terms of how much they want points per game. And also, you talk about people who have changed the way they played. Miles Bridges went from being, you know, you were mentioning Justin earlier with Victor Oladipo, younger one. He was, he was, you know, the guy jumped through the ceiling, you know, crazy athleticism. Miles Bridges was that guy when he came into the league. He has added so much to his repertoire in terms of shooting and just being a smooth player on offense and on the court. I mean, he's the reason why the Charlotte Hornets are in the postseason are because two reasons: Lamelo Ball and Miles Bridges. And I, I think the amount of weight that was on Bridges for this season and playing for as much. As he has, you know, he'll be it'll be eighty games when it's all said and done. He's at seventy seven right now. I give it to him. I mean, again, Grizzlies crushing it, doing an amazing job, and Desmond Bain's been awesome. But Miles Bridges and the Hornets doing what they're doing this year is just, I think, I think a bigger deal. Maybe, dude, this is this one's tough. This one's really tough. It is. Tough. I was also looking at Darius Garland, uh, first time All Star this year, leading the Cavs the playoffs, first time without LeBron since he, like he's top five nineties. Yeah, yeah, he's top five. Yeah, man, I do agree. Bridges or Bain. Uh, but like I'm looking at the odds right now it, It's got jaw first But I was talking to Bryson off air It's like most improved It doesn't feel like a stars award you know See I don't know it's weird It's weird because when you think about it If you talk about a guy who went from Star To being one of the 10 best players in the True. league this season So I see why Because the jump was so big Yeah, Because he went from not even being an all star to being a superstar, yeah, which is a huge improvement. But I think that even Ja would be like, I don't want most improved player. <laughs> like yeah. I feel like that doesn't, I, feel, I, that doesn't like, do it justice. I, doesn't I feel like justice. if they gave Ja most improved, he would just give it to Desmond Payne and be like, yeah. "Here you go." But, but also, this is yours. but also, I feel like it's a it is a consolation because since he missed the number of games that he did, and he's probably not going to be All NBA first team, the league might be like, "Hey, here's this other major award." 
um, which again, it's not MVP, it's not Defensive Player of the Year, it's not you know yada yada yada, but it's still a major award. So I, I don't know. I feel like there is a chance he gets it, but if not him, Miles Bridges. My decision has been made. Desmond Bain. I'm gonna go <laughs> okay, <Bain>. hey, <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Just because, right. I mean, the story with the two seed, I mean, come on. Uh, what's the record now with that jaw? It's like, what, 20 and 20 three? 3. Yeah. 20 and 3. 20 and 3 without jaw. Bridges, though. But, but the Hornets have Michael Jordan as an owner, <laughs> and they're doing this well, okay? That's a massive despite uphill MJ, battle. Despite, despite MJ. MJ. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next thing that we're going to go to is Defensive Player of the Year. Now, I will say, my heart wants me to pick Jaron Jackson Jr., Jaron Jackson yeah. Jr. is going to be first team all defense. Oh, for sure. But I think it's going to be I th- I think it's going to be Giannis. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely it's Giannis. Giannis. He is the best defense player in the league. I mean, how I mean, much I, he's played I, this season as well. These rewards are kind of like how good you do this season, but I think Giannis has been the best defense player in the league for the last like 3 years. I mean, yeah, he already he already has what? Does he already have two defense player of the years too? I think so. So, I it's so. yeah, it's one of those things where Especially with Brooke Lopez going out this year yeah. too, yeah, and their defense still being as good, and him having to play the five more than he has in the past, yep. that gives him that gives him a little bit of an edge. And then I also go to, Mar- I know Marcus Smart is getting a lot of love. It's rare to see a guard in this list. No, it's yeah. rare to see a guard. Six and I'll three. go back. I I told you I listened to a lot of stuff. I heard Joel Embiid talking about it, mm-hmm. and I I take what NBA players say. Got to, over yep. anything that yep. a media guy who didn't play in the league says. That's just how I am. Yeah. And Joel Embiid said that defensive player of the year should always go to a big because the big is the anchor of the defense. They're calling out everything. Mm-hmm. They have to be the smartest guy on the floor. They have to be able to switch the pick and roll. They have to be able to guard the pick and roll in multiple different ways. Mm-hmm. They have to be the rim protector. It's just because of everything that a big does. Yeah. So it's like Marcus Smart, as great of a defender as he is, it's one of those things where if you have three great perimeter defenders mm-hmm. and your center plays no defense, you're not you're not going to be one of the best defenses in the league. Yep. Still, even if you have great perimeter defenders, if you don't have a good big man, it's going to be tough yeah. for you to have a good defense. But if you have okay defenders – yeah. And a great big man in the center. Still got to meet he, the man at the rim. Like, yeah, he's yeah. going to cover up a lot. And I think that's kind of how it is with Giannis. Now, they have great defenders on the Bucks all around. Yeah. But, dude, yeah, dude is insane. I and mean, then you saw that block he had against Joel the other night, yeah. too. And it's just like, I, I got to go. I, with I always think of his uh, block against in the finals against, eh, I don't know if it's in the finals, but he was guarding the, the role man. He was guarding the ball handler on the pick and roll, and then he switched over to Aiden and still made the play. Yeah, yeah. no, that wasn't the finals. I remember what you're talking about because it was insane because it was so quick, and that's the kind of stuff that yep. Marcus Smart just can't do. It's not his fault that he can't do it, he, but he can't. He just he physically cannot do all of the stuff that Giannis does just because he's not as tall and he's not as physically imposing. Yeah, but he's the only guard in this conversation, so I mean, that, that, yeah, that's, for sure. that's high praise enough, Yeah, I think. But yeah, no. Like I said, I I I do. I think Jaron is going to win one in the next couple of years for sure. But I think this year it's probably going to go to Giannis. So the last two we have, we have Coach of the Year and we have MVP. For Coach of the Year, I think Monty Williams is going to win. Yeah, but I think it should be Taylor Jenkins do you because 
Monty Williams should have won last year. Yeah. And the re- yeah. I think the main reason why he's going to get it this year is because he didn't win it last year. Who did win last year? Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau. Tibbs. For the Knicks, which the Knicks had a good season. Yeah. But, you know, the Suns completely turned it around and were the two-seat last it year. changed their culture. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. So I'm, I think Monty Williams should have won it last year. And if he had won it last year, they could do what they're supposed to do and give it to Taylor Jenkins. Because when you look at the Grizzlies this season – Coming into the year, mm-hmm. people were expecting them to take a step back, right? There's a lot of people, like even myself coming into the season, I was like, if we just get to six seed this year, then we'll be good. Yeah. Like, And I'm an optimistic fan. <laughs> but I was like, dude, if we can get to six seed this year yeah. and avoid the play-in and maybe win a playoff series, this yeah. will be a great year for yeah. us because we're second youngest team in the league, all that. And then to take them to – uh, if they win one of their last two, if they win both of their last two games, they'll have the greatest regular season in Grizzlies history. Mm, yeah, they are the first team to ever win a division title for the Grizzlies, second youngest team in the NBA with the second best record in the NBA, and John ja Morant missed twenty three games. I think it's going to end up being twenty five at the end of the day because mm. uh, I think he's probably going to miss. He might miss the last three as yeah. well, or so it will be 26. We'll see what happens. They might let him play in one of the last two games this weekend. But seeing how many games he's missed and how well they've played when he's out, it shows his system has been incredible. And the way that he has ca- he's gotten those guys to really become like a family as well, I think yeah. that part of like building the culture is a big part of it. So my pick is going to be Taylor Jenkins. I think Monty Williams is going to win it. Hopefully that means that next year Taylor Jenkins is going to win it because he should have won it this year. So we'll see what happens. I agree it's Taylor Jenkins. And I don't know how much this matters, but um, tell me who was out for the Grizzlies when they played the Suns like a week ago. (laughs) Oh, uh, John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, Dylan Brooks was playing. Uh, Tyus Jones was out as well. We started DeAnthony Melton at point guard. <laughs> and the Suns were like <laughs> probably full strength. Right? Yeah, the Suns had everybody. Yeah. And then they got sent home by Santi Aldama. Wow. So it's impressive. Yeah, that <laughs> helps. Impressive. I don't know how much that helps his case, but to me, yeah. I mean, that's it's kind of a big statement. But I mean, I, you got to give it to Monty, though. The fact he didn't is criminal. Um, it, it, <laughs> and, and also, continuing the success, it wasn't just a flash in a pan year that mm. they're still doing it and they're coming right back. Because how many teams, after having a finals run, can just fall off? Next? And it's same with any sport. It's really hard to keep that momentum going after a loss like that and, and a deep run the previous season. But I mean, yeah, I, I, my pick and who I think it's going to be, Monty Williams. But next year, um, Taylor Jenkins may you know get it for the same reasons that Monty's getting it this year, um, but it's not really robbery because again Monty does deserve it. Oh yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. if if now if they gave it to anybody else but Monty Williams, I would be like, what? I would be kind of mad. Who yeah. would be third? Like Udoka? Maybe Ime Udoka. Yeah, I, I, I'll give. I, I would say maybe that. maybe Spo and I mean, Spo. Yeah, sure. Th- those are the two guys. But even those guys, because I would say. Well, the Grizzlies had a better record than them. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I wouldn't. But if you're going to give it to Monty Williams, the Suns are like 63 and 16 or something. It's yeah. like, all right, cool. That's fine. I'm okay with you giving it to him. Yeah. But the last award, guys, we got to go to is the most valuable player. Yeah. This one is, <laughs> I don't know. This is the toughest one for me. 
because I'm going to take – I don't even want to take Giannis out of it, but I really think the two guys it's between is Embiid and Jokic. Those yeah. are the two guys, really. Yeah. Giannis is there, but it's between Embiid and Jokic. And if you said, like, um, Monty deserved it last year and kind of how that changes voting last year – Jokic won, and the race is so tight here. Do they give it to the guy who hasn't won it before, Embiid? See, I don't know. See, and that's the weird thing with how all of this works is the media narratives are so weird. Yeah. yeah. And it's all media voting. So it's like the media makes up their minds on certain things, and it changes whether or not you are in the MVP conversation. Oh, you won it last year. Oh, you did this. I'll say if you look at it just this season – it's and you take everything else out of it. Don't look at who won the past years, whatever. Yeah, I think it's Nikola Jokic. I think there's definitely a fair statement with that, but I think, you know, obviously in terms of players who are missing from the team, Jokic wins mm-hmm. it. However, that's the big thing. And I'll say, if you're gonna go out there and you're gonna tell me that it's in Joel Embiid, I'm not gonna be like, yeah. oh, that's yeah. blasphemous. Joel Embiid is averaging like over thirty yeah. a game. He is the scoring leader now. He I is. Think. To, to me, Joel is the MVP because while he didn't have the roster losses that uh, Nikola obviously did, uh, he did have an incredible amount of drama on his team with Ben Simmons and everything That's true. else. That and true. and yeah. throughout all of it, he kept them relevant. He kept them in it. And now they're a contender, even with Harden not hitting the shots he needs to hit. I think I think Joel Embiid this season uh, just stepped up in, in so many different ways. And also how competitive the East has been. You know, the West... Granted, the the Nuggets fought hard, and they're they're not in the play-in right now, which is huge. Props to Jokic, but I, I think Embiid for me it just edges out um, Jokic in all the right categories, and um, with all the drama that's going on, so many teams crumble. Um, especially look at the the Nets, who we didn't even talk about it because like they're just I mean they're the Nets, you know. But um, yeah, I think I think Embiid is definitely MVP. Um, man, this one's tough. Obviously, you could argue either way. But with MB now having that scoring uh, title, not locked up, but if he finishes with that, I think he'll be MVP. Not that it matters. It's, it's like a decimal difference, but mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's kind of important. But, man, Yo- what Jokic is doing is special. He, is. he really is a unicorn. See, the, the thing about Jokic is that not to take anything away from Embiid, obviously, because Embiid has played great, but it's just like, dude, you're missing – it's because they're missing Murray and MPJ. That's the thing that really wants me to give it to Jokic a little bit more. And obviously, like you said, Joel Embiid had to deal with drama. Mm-hmm. But it's like, imagine if they had been missing like a guy like Tobias Harris and Matisse Thybul or some of those guys as well. That's what Jokic has been going through. Yeah, And I don't know. And then if you just look at like the raw stats too, dude is averaging – over eight assists a game from the center position. Yeah. Which is something that is like, that's unheard of. And, and the only other person that, I, like, it's <laughs> unheard of. That doesn't happen. He's basically playing point guard on offense and center on defense. And he's become a better defender than he was last season. Those are the things that point me to Jokic. And that's why I would probably pick Jokic. But like I said, I think that in any in any season, either of these guys could win it. Yeah. But I think that both of these guys would be runaway MVPs in other years. Absolutely. I agree with that. Plus, uh, 
uh, MB gets uh, a lot of his points from the line too. That, that oh yeah, free throw wanna, merchant. We yeah, gotta throw yeah, that yeah. out. The the, free, the Philadelphia is seventy six free throws a quarter. You know that's, that's seven. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. The <laughs> Philadelphia seventy six free throws a quarter. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. But all right. So before we go ahead and wrap this up, so you guys are both going with you guys are both going with Embiid. I am. Okay, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. If I if I had to if I had to submit my official ballot today, I'm not sure though. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's I'm hard, Embiid, but I'm not. No, because the crazy thing I'm is, is coming hard. into this, I was thinking, I was like, I think it might be Embiid. Yeah. And then I started thinking, I was like, no, I think it's Jokic. <laughs> it's, it's so hard, yeah. and yeah. it's it's such a difficult conversation. And, and they should both be on first. Team. The, the la- yeah, that's what I think. I think both of them should end up being on first team. They just go ahead and figure it out. NBA, I don't mm-hmm. really care what the voting is. Figure yeah. it out. They should both be first team. But the last thing I do want to say when we get into all these arguments, especially when we get to MVP, guys, remember to enjoy basketball. You don't always have to compare players, guys. I know that we're doing it on this you podcast. You can actually like one, say a good thing about one player without deme- de- um, demeaning another one. It's crazy, but except for us, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> except that, except with LeBron and Jordan, you always got to bring up the other one too. Yeah, yeah that's facts. But with that being said, thank you for listening to another great episode of the Fast Break Podcast. Uh, got the playoffs coming up very soon so for justin and grant i'm bryson wright we will see you all in the next one